Welcome to The Sober Effect, a show that looks at the positives of sobriety, the dangers of alcohol and the many people who are affected by it. I'm Kate. And I'm Steph. The ripple effect of alcohol is far-reaching, and those are the stories you'll hear on The Sober Effect. Episode 17, and today we have Shannon, and the topic is mommy wine culture. I wanted to ask you, Kate, were you an active participant in mommy wine culture? And what I mean by that, did you wear the t-shirts? Did you pass around the memes in your group texts? Were you involved in that way? I wasn't, actually. I never did that. I mean, I would show pictures of me having a glass of wine or or on holiday, kind of like, you know, the, the sort of sangria in my hand with the kind of backdrop of the ocean or whatever. But I never, I mean, maybe once or twice in my life, but I actually did not go on about it as if it was a badge of honour with t-shirts and things. I think I always sort of knew this isn't really a very cool thing in the back of my mind. And although I let society tell me it was fine and I convinced myself it was fine, I didn't sort of outwardly display that in those ways. No, why the smile on your face suggests that maybe you did. <laughs> yes. Yes, I was very into it. It was an enabling thing too, you know, like it just made me feel reassured that what I was doing was okay. Not only did I wear the t-shirts, I was a maker of the t-shirts. Like I had oh an Etsy gosh. shop. I had an Etsy shop that made all the funny shirts about drinking, mommy needs a huge glass of wine, things like that. I made TikToks. I was very much into it. Do you think it was just because by saying it, you're sort of saying, yes, I drink. And then it's okay if I do, because I'm just getting it out there. And I think this is funny and I haven't got a problem with it. There's nothing wrong with it. It's cool. Let's get on with it. Yeah, I think that's a lot of it. You know, I, I've i always wanted to fit in, you know, ever since. I mean, when I started drinking at 14, that's what it was about. And so I think it went from like, you know, when you're 14 and you're in high school and that's what you did, like you drank to have fun. And then we start having our kids and I still wanted to like be that cool person, that cool mom. And so mommy wine culture was right there waiting for me. It was like the perfect thing for me. It was exactly what I thought I needed. It helped me feel like, yeah, I'm a mom, but like I still got it. And it also, when when we hear from Shannon, because I hear a lot of myself in her need to drink, it just helped me feel at the end of the day, like it was my reward. And we've talked about that too, you and I. It's not a reward, but it was to me. Like it was just, I don't know. It's just, it, it almost feels sometimes to me too, like it kept me connected to that younger version of myself. It just made me still feel like... I'm not just this old mom that isn't cool or hip or doesn't know how to have fun. And no, I completely get you. And it's that it's the other narrative that runs alongside it, which I think is equally as dangerous, which is, oh, you lose your identity when you become a parent. Oh, it gets really tough. Forget about self-care. It all becomes about the children. And I never bought into that either. And I think from from day one, I sort of said, you know, my children are coming into my life. And they, you know, the, my family unit expands, but I'm not going to focus completely on them. 
we all have to bounce along together. We are all equal, every single member of this family. The children aren't more important. Yes, they need more care. They need to be looked after. And, you know, they're 12 and 14 and they still need to be looked after. And my life hasn't changed much in the way that I'm still growing and I'm still learning. I didn't see it as as my life stopped at all. But I was really lucky. Both of my kids slept through the night from six weeks. They didn't have any health problems that I had to worry about or give extra attention to. You know, I kind of bumbled along and they were kind of with me. And it was very much like that. But I think the boredom and the connection, there are two sets of parents as far as I'm aware when you get to the level of your kids start to go to nursery and stuff there are the ones that meet and drink and the ones that don't the ones that go for walks or do baby yoga and then the ones who take their kids somewhere and they sit around and the kids are in the paddling pool and later the swimming pool or the play pit or whatever and they drink And I was definitely in the second one, without a doubt. I was an instigator of of doing things. And whenever I thought about anything, it's like, well, let's have a picnic. We can bring wine to that. And sometimes I remember thinking we're going to the theatre to watch, you know, a kid's show or something. I thought you won't be able to have a drink. This is going to be so boring. And that's a real problem. You know, thinking back on those memories and the fact that I had to include wine with my socialising with the children. And it's actually... It's actually dangerous. And that's what did scare me because I thought Mm -hmm. I won't be able to drive because I've had a drink. And I looked up some statistics before this call. And in the UK, 20% of women confess that they've been too hungover to look after their kids. 28% admit they've been drunk in front of their children. And 33% say they drink while they're alone and parenting. It's not just when they're socializing. And those are the people that are willing to admit it because... You know, there was a time where I was in complete denial that my drinking was problematic. And you said they would drink alone with their children. There's right there. I just remember like, I'm not alone. I'm not drinking alone. My daughter's here. Or I remember even later on, like when she was in school, if I would have a drink during the day, I would, oh, it's not drinking alone if the dog is home. Like I would have all these little funny sayings that I would just use to like brush it off and make it a joke and make it seem like it's not a big deal. And I mean, that's just always been how I've handled things. So I'm not surprised that I fell into like all the funny sayings and and all of that, because that's just me in general. Like I use humor to like deflect so people don't worry about me. But it's so true. Like it's such a progressive thing. And we'll hear Shannon talk about that too, where it starts out where you think you're just having a glass of wine every once in a while, but when you're using it to cope with motherhood, which we all know is a really hard job and it's really stressful, it progresses really quickly. It's a huge problem here in the States. It's a huge problem over there. I mean, I've talked to you yeah. and several other women over there. Going almost, out for lunch yeah. in the day, in the you know, in in the middle of the week with your friends while your kids are at school and drinking and then going to collect them after you've drunk a bottle of wine. That was not unusual. People just did that. And people, instead of thinking, God, that's really awful, which I'm sure some people did, other people will go, that sounds so fun. I wish you'd invited me. But you think, God, you have a bottle of wine by three o'clock. You're going to fall short on your parenting duties. You can't possibly function. You're going to be exhausted. And, And it's dangerous. It is dangerous. I think these memes, these clips of... Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny? We drink all this wine. Keep it up. Look, this isn't, you know, coffee in my mug while I'm watching my daughter do cheerleading. 
it's wine. If people are being honest about that, then they need to look at their lives because they cannot possibly be as well put together and as happy as they are portraying on social media if they really are drinking to that level, if they aren't just having a glass of wine here and there. It's not funny at all. I think personally, I cannot bear to see these things because they make me so sad because I think behind these grinning people laughing about it, because I've been there, There is so much self-hatred and destruction and sadness behind it. So I think either you don't have a problem with drinking, in which case those people don't tend to make fun of drinking to excess, or you do and you're making fun of it to enable yourself. That is how I see it. And I'm sure lots of people will have a problem with that and say, that's not true. I find those things funny and I don't have a drink problem. And that's fine. But that's how I see it when I see a post like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's enabling and it's, it's really, really sad. I'm I'm with you, Kate. Every time I see it, it's hard to not comment and get on our soapbox and just like, because it's oh, like, it really do you even understand what you're doing to people who have a drinking problem? Every time they see you post this, you're like giving them permission or you're telling them to doubt that voice in their head that's telling them that they are struggling so yeah it's not even those who have a problem it's the people who don't yet have a problem i agree should we hear from shannon let's go i have three daughters i think mommy wine culture in general coincided with when my second daughter was born who happens to be the one that has special needs so she has down syndrome and autism and i remember when she was a baby so she was born in 2010 i don't think at least here in the States, the culture hadn't picked up that much yet because I remember her first couple of years, like drinking was still just something my husband and I would do maybe on weekends. And even at that, not very much because I was nurse feeding, I was a breastfeeding mom. So it's not in my memories of that time. But by the time Dylan was about three or four, um, and by then I had had my third daughter, that's when I really noticed that this like, oh, have a glass of wine at night, all of a sudden it was just like, okay to do that. And it wasn't just this thing that like drinking on weekends with friends or stuff like that, but it was like completely fine to have a bottle of wine in the fridge all the time and to have one glass at night. And it slowly just kept upticking. And now that I'm on the outside looking back, I see like just how sneaky it is in that super slow progression, because it's not like I just started drinking a bottle of wine every night, right? It was just like, oh, I'm just going to have a glass with dinner. And at that time, my husband and I were both runners. We were running like 10Ks and half marathons quite often. So it wasn't even every night because it was like, I didn't drink if I was running the next day. Even then though, I see I had this whole system and it was like just one glass or two glasses, but more on the weekend. And for me specifically, the using alcohol to self-medicate in the special needs community is such a huge thing. And Mm. it's so sad but so prevalent that even now I I feel like that's a landmine I'm constantly sidestepping because it's really easy to alienate women who are struggling by starting to talk about it and call it out. But I'm like, I get it and I feel it. And there's so, there's so many layers and there's so many issues when you have a child with special needs. And for me, it was as Dylan started to get older and once she, and this is so terrible to say, but like once she wasn't as cute or she wasn't this cute little baby or toddler on my hip and things started to get really real and started to make people more uncomfortable. It started to make me more uncomfortable. And I just kept internalizing all of that because we didn't have any systems in place in terms of people talking about or acknowledging the stress that my husband and I were under having that family dynamic. So it was just like, 
keep a smile on your face. It could always be worse. Like that was my mantra for such a long time, but that really quickly can spill into a really unhealthy frame of mind, right? Like, oh, it can always be worse. It could always be worse. Well, so I wasn't addressing any of the stress of our family situation, certainly not addressing any of like the grief or trauma surrounding her birth. And I, I didn't even use those words until really this year when I got sober to acknowledge that, yeah, it was incredibly traumatic <laughs> when she was born. Um, a lot of grief around it. But so at the time, it just the the way, you know, for all moms, it's like, oh, started bringing wine to book clubs and wine to play dates and girls night out became this thing where it was completely okay for a group of moms to just go get trashed on a Wednesday night. And I like I didn't think anything of it at the time, right? Like people don't because somehow it just was okay in a way that it never had been before. Like I, my mom didn't do that when I was growing up like this and I didn't do it with my first daughter, right? It wasn't a thing until, you know, 15 years ago. So it really slowly snuck up on me that way. And that's something I think about a lot now because I know I talk to women or I get messages where women, they're, they're still very much in that place where they're like, well, I think I have a handle on it because I don't drink every night or I can take a whole week off if I need to. And I'm like, I, I was like that too once. Like I was like that for years, but then slowly life happens, right? It's whether it, for me, it was COVID. It was the pandemic and lockdowns that, that sent me straight over the edge into hiding my drinking because I realized I couldn't quit then, but I didn't want my husband to know how much. But even before that, it's like, again, I talk to women all the time where maybe it's, you know, somebody loses a job or it's the death of a parent or a divorce and these life situations come up and the drinking we thought that once we could control or it wasn't that bad, then, then those stressful situations really quickly send us to the place where we can't control it or we're like, oh, I deserve this. It's my drinking's not that bad. It's okay. It's, it's fine. I'm going to be fine. Or I could quit anytime that I want. And so that's what I think is so for me now on the outside looking in, it's so sad how quick we are to make excuses for it because society teaches us to make excuses for this, right? It's like, we work so hard. We do so much. It's the kids, it's our job, it's our marriage or our lack of a partner. Like you can tick a million boxes to, to make excuses and to justify why we drink. And then if we start to examine, it, it's instantly just you have a problem. And I mean, almost as much shame and guilt and self loathing come with questioning it as come with the drinking itself. <laughs> when I had kids who were four, five, six, and they just started school every Friday, people go straight from the school gates to the local pub with their kids, the pubs are onto it, they've got a playground, and it's all fenced wow. in. So you can sit there and I would regularly go at 3.30 with maybe seven or eight other mums and we would drink until our husbands joined us after work at like six o'clock and we'd all stumble home. I fell into the road at one point walking wow. back with my kids and it's totally acceptable. As long as you don't do something that hurts the children or right. hurts yourself or publicly say, what are we doing? I drank two bottles of wine before 8 p.m. while I was there with my kids. Right. People just think, isn't this great that we get to do yeah. this? My kids have a slide. The kids hated it. They've told mm -hmm. me they absolutely hated it. Yep. It's a way that we've, as you say, it was like a treat. But for me, it was masking all these other problems. And if you have a mental health problem or you're struggling, society almost tells you self-medicate with this. Just keep it under yeah. control. Don't tell anyone and you'll get through 
Right. No. And and you're exactly right. Like, oh my gosh, I mean, so many things you just said there, you hit on it. It's like the way that it's incorporated into family activities or kid activities, the way that it's like, well, just do this rather than really like examining the problem or even admitting they're a problem. Because I know that was another thing. I mean, I said it, so many of my friends said it, it was like, you know, this is cheaper than therapy, us moms getting together and drinking our wine and unloading everything we needed to unload. Like, well, this is, you know, so much cheaper than paying a therapist. So just like laugh and keep doing it. And it's like, I look at it now and I'm like, Oh my God, that's so like the fact that we even said that, like we were acknowledging that the stuff we're talking about was really deep crap that we need professional help with, but no, just keep drinking and just keep doing it. But like you said, it was like, Oh, well, as long as everybody got home, okay. As long as we weren't doing anything really reckless, you know, like hurting other people or anything that would like jeopardize marriage or friendships or, or embarrass ourselves or anything like that. It's just, it was just like, do it. And, and it, it still is here. I mean, there's so, so many different layers to it. Like you said, I mean, we have the same breweries like here in the States. It's usually more like breweries and this new, you know, thing that's cropped up where yes, they have play sets for the kids outside, or it's like food specials for the kids to just be able to make it this whole family affair. Alcohol is in everything. I mean, you're supposed to have alcohol at a one-year-old's birthday party. You're supposed to have alcohol at, you know, a wedding, a funeral, a baby shower, a graduation party, like whatever, whatever it is, whatever is going on, it's okay to have alcohol there. And it, you know, quite frankly, you're frowned upon it if you if you don't, like, if you don't offer people a drink, it's like, you might as well punch them in the face. It's like sacrilege almost, which is just, it's just ridiculous. But yeah, the, the way that it so quickly became, I mean, just a crutch and just this thing that really is like, Oh, did you have a hard day? Have a drink. Did you have an awesome day? Have a drink. Are you proud of your kids? Have a drink. Are your kids driving you crazy? Have a drink. Like it literally is just the answer for everything. And so it's like, it's so easy to get sucked into it. I didn't even see it for years, right? Yeah. It's the machine. Like this is what like keeps popping in my head as I listen to both of you talk. It's the machine. It's the enabling within the system. Like we're enabling each other. Like you said, good day, let's drink. Bad day, let's drink. Like there's always a reason. I don't know about you guys, but like I would have conversations every once in a while with a friend, mommy wine friend and be like, man, I need to kind of take a break. I feel like, and it was like, oh no, 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 you're fine. You don't have a problem. I I love that you say that because I think it's, there's so many similarities to our stories and to our experiences, right? Like, I feel like that's one of the first things I realized when you really plug into the, the sober community is we kind of have our own version of me too. Like you say something and you're like, oh my God, like I thought I was the only one or we harbor all of these things where we feel like we're the only one, but yet there's so many differences. Even before COVID had hit, I was starting to do a lot of drinking alone at home and nobody knew. So it's like, as my kids got older and everybody got busier with different things, we didn't have as many of like the mom nights or book clubs because we're all just finally got kind of pulled apart with all of our different stuff. But I had had then stepped into this role of like just trying to be everything to everybody all the time. So it's like, I'm, I was homeschooling at the time I was working full time from home, running my own business. Um, special needs daughter parenting, which I always say is like having two kids being, you know, my husband works full time outside of the home. So it's like I, I myself, my husband without even realizing it, but just kind of how we had slowly fallen into this dynamic, just completely unrealistic expectations for what one human really 
should do in a day, but I'm, I'm such a perfectionist and I'm such a control freak and all this stuff I'm seeing now and, and learning about. And so I just started drinking to keep doing all of it because the second I would start to think like, oh my God, like, how am I supposed to handle all this? It was like, nope, just, just keep doing it. Just, just keep plowing ahead. And so that's, I was drinking more at home alone. And it was like, as soon as four o'clock hit, I would pour my first glass of wine and then it got to the point, like by the time my husband even got home at seven or seven thirty, I had already drank a bottle of wine. And so then I'm like, oh, I'll have a glass. He thought it was my first glass. I knew it was really the next bottle, which I had either hid in a room or like took out to the recycling and buried way down deep. And it it became this thing where I was all I was doing that dance already of like, oh my gosh, I don't I don't think this is good. I shouldn't be drinking this much. But look at everything I'm doing. You know, I'm a good mom. I'm a good wife. I make healthy food. I'm running a business. I have a daughter with special needs. I could check all these boxes. And like you said, though, too, if I ever even did bring it up out loud, even to my husband or to friends, they were like, this is what this is what wine is for. Like, you are doing an amazing job. I don't know how you do everything you do. You're fine. And I'm like, oh, Okay, maybe I am, even though, you know, I knew I wasn't that nagging voice in the back of my head knew that we I couldn't keep going at that pace. But everything is telling you that you can it 100% kind of started to shut down the millions of things that were running through my head. So it was all of the stress, all of the worry, the endless to-do lists, whatever other little problems that were creeping up. It, it was like, I very much made wine the thing that kind of signaled the end of the day when it was okay for me to finally kind of stop and take a break. Why I didn't think that I was worthy of just rest or or taking a break anyways. Like, again, that's something, you know, I've realized is part of the problem is like, it's, I, I don't have to be Wonder Woman to earn rest at the end of the day. But so that's what wine was, because it would, it would just kind of make everything mushier inside my head, you could, you know, it would help me forget. And so then by the time, you know, all of that stuff, and it was family time, I could sit down on the couch, and I would just like, melt, I would just be like, okay, I don't have a thought in my head. But I was still, you know, I thought I was like interacting and being present for my family. And I look back now, and it's nothing but just kind of, you know, fuzzy memories and and smiles and and laughter, but I was I was so checked out, I was so zoned out, it just shut off everything in my head, which at the time I loved because I thought it was just shutting off all of the stress and the to-do list and the hard things. It's so I feel so dumb admitting this, but like it never ever occurred to me that I was missing good things or I was there was important things that I was numbing and taking the edge off and making fuzzy. Like that literally did not occur to me until last fall when I finally got sober and finally removed it. And I was like, oh my God, what have I not even noticed over the last six years? Because I was using wine to make all the hard stuff bearable. But that means so much of the good stuff. I literally just barely even remember it. And because, let's, yeah. And let's talk about yeah. the example that we're setting as mothers oh, too, yeah, right? Yeah. Because my daughter watched me drink. I wasn't yep. hiding it from her. I never did. Yep. And I honestly was that mom at one time that was thinking, how nice is it going to be when she's old enough to drink and we can do this yeah. together? I do not right. feel that way at all anymore. And I am so glad I quit when I did. Do you see the effects that your sobriety has had? Because you have teenage daughters. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're all they're all teenagers now. Totally, because for for years, I mean, for the four or five years that my drinking was was too much because it was pretty much daily. 
my youngest was still at that age where, you know, kids say anything and everything that pops into their head when they're, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old. And it was, she was always saying things like, God, why are grownups so obsessed with alcohol? It's so stupid. And I would just kind of laugh and my husband would just kind of laugh. Or it was always, I had the wine breath when I went to give her a kiss goodnight. And she was like, oh, you stink like wine. And I would just kind of laugh. And sometimes in my head, I would think like, oh, like she'll understand someday. Like when she's grown up and she has kids, she'll understand. Or other nights it was that, that was one of the voices like, oh my God, Shannon, like this is, this is not good. Like that's, that's what she's thinking. And it was every night we're sitting on the couch and I had a glass of wine in my hand. It would be like, Oh, be careful. Don't bump into me. Like, yeah, let's cuddle. And I'm going to hug you, but be careful because I've got, you know, my cup like filled to the brim with wine. And that, that nagging voice was there. And, and honestly, the, the last year before I finally quit, there were more conversations because they were starting to get older. And I was just starting to think, is this what I want them to think? Do I want them to think that I need wine to function as a mom every single day or when we get together with our friends and they would see a bunch of adults and just you know booze everywhere on the counter and like all they saw was that this is what grown-ups do when they get together and have fun and we had a couple unfortunate kind of gatherings where things some things escalated with family members and friends and people just got completely out of line um, behavior wise completely alcohol and drug fueled marijuana fueled and the last one of those was last summer, about a year ago at this time. And that was that was a big thing that finally stuck out to me. I'm just like, this is not what I want my daughters to see. This is not OK. There's no excuse for this because that was it up to that point. There's always excuses. And even now, all the time I talk to people and hear about, you know, parents behaving a certain way in front of their kids, grandparents behaving a certain way in front of their kids and their families. And if it's alcohol, people will make any excuse for the most atrocious behavior. And I'm just like, nope, I can't do this anymore. I'm not, I'm not okay with this because yeah, my daughter, like I said, my oldest daughter, she's 18 now. So she was 17 last summer and luckily has never shown an inclination to drink. Like it's just her, her personality and her friend group. They're the kids that have zero desire. I just really am like, I need to foster that. I need to, I want to be that example. (laughs) I don't, I certainly don't want her to have a story of like, oh, I'm not touching alcohol because I've seen what it did to my mom. You know, I want it to more just be like, gosh, my parents are happy. And also when things are, are hard, they talk about it and they deal with it. And like, so that's what I'm modeling now. And it's, it's really great. Another question, just going back to the mummy wine culture thing. Yes. What do you think about social media? Because just yesterday I saw this woman climbing off her counter into a glass of wine saying it's Friday night. I yeah. deserve it. And she like pretended she was climbing into like a bathtub full of wine. And I, I can barely watch those things and it's so difficult not to comment on them. How much of of an effect do you think that has on other parents when they're thinking, do I have a problem? And then they see all of this content, all of these T-shirts, all of these cards, everything relates to wine. I mean, I think it has a massive influence and everybody I talk to pretty much agrees because when when you're in that frame of mind. And I want to say when you're stuck in that frame of mind, because I think it is very much you're you're stuck when you are in a place where you, you see humor and you see fun and you don't see any problem with it, because it, it makes light of the fact that we are talking about a drug. Like that's the first thing. It's like people don't even want to admit that alcohol is a drug, but it 100% is. And you see those memes and you see people making light of it. And if you're questioning your drinking, Every single one of those things automatically is a pass to just keep squashing that voice down for whether it's another day, a week, a month, a year, and just be like, oh, 
everybody's doing this, so it must be okay. They're not factoring in any other of these circumstances, whether it's, you know, your family history of drinking, what are you drinking? What are your life circumstances? Are you predisposed to this being a problem? It's just like, oh my gosh, look at this cute influencer in her perfect kitchen. And she's probably super skinny and super in shape. And she's saying that she's going to drink a whole bottle of wine tonight. So yay, I can do that too. And everything's going to be fine. And it's just, it, it makes me sad. It makes me really mad now because I'm like, we don't glamorize cocaine like that. We don't glamorize smoking like that anymore, even at least here in the States. I mean, smoking has this huge taboo now, like everybody knows how awful it is, but we do it with alcohol. It's such a double standard is what it is, because it's like all, all of the facts are there. Alcohol is just as damaging, if not more harmful than cocaine and heroin. But yet we just, you know, put a bow on it or, you know, a fancy cute label and call it mom water or call it, you know, mommy's happy juice. Yeah. Mommy's happy juice. I know there was a wine called mommy's timeout once. I loved that one when I was in the phase. Absolutely. hundred percent. Now think it's just criminal the way that alcohol companies are allowed to market to women specifically. And it is just one of the saddest parts of social media, the way women have taken to making those things because it's all clickbait. They just, they want the views, they want the likes. And I like to try to give them the benefit of the doubt that they don't, they don't have any ill will. They, they think it's fun because maybe they really are the woman that can only have two glasses of wine and then shut it down. But the reality is there are more and more and more women where that's not the case. The women that are watching those memes and think they're funny have four, five, six, seven, eight glasses of wine at night and are trying to justify or make excuses for this behavior. Because that's what I found too. Now that I'm on the outside and I talk to my friends who have always been the women that like, oh, they can have one or two drinks. They can easily go three or four weeks without drinking. They don't even think of it. They don't even see memes like that and think they're funny. It's not even on their radar because alcohol is a non-issue for them. Those things, they speak to those of us that have made this very huge place in our lives with alcohol and at some point, to some degree, are wrestling with it, are trying to figure out if it's okay or not. And when we see all of that stuff, the t-shirts, the towels, the coasters, which I mean, I have all of it. I've made a box of all of the, you know, meme, you know, cute stuff that I have, because I can't decide if I should throw it out or if I want to keep it as like a reminder of how far I've come. That stuff jumps out to us because we're looking for something when we see it. It's a justification that what we're doing is okay. It's reassurance that other women are probably drinking as much as us. So it really can't be that big of a deal. Or it's a way to be like, oh, it's just fun. It's it's fine. Everybody's doing it. Look at, you know, or like I said, the, the dangerous thing is social media, especially when it's these influencers and these women who appear to have it all together and are making light of the fact that they're going to sit down on a Friday night and drink a bottle of wine. Either they are and they're wrestling with it like the rest of us were, or they're not at all. Because that level of success as an influencer, that level of, I don't know, have appearing to have it all together like that, you're not getting trashed every weekend because your life would not be put together like that. I I rarely comment because I do not want to shame those women. I don't, I don't want to be bitchy, right? Like I don't want to sound like a know-it-all and and call it out, but it's such a dangerous, dangerous precedent that's being set. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that's, it's just one of many reasons why we need to keep having this conversation in our avenue and just looking for the ways where it's all going to keep naturally overlapping. Ultimately, it's because it does a disservice, right? It's like, I see all those and I just, now I'm just like, oh my God, how is your mental health? How is your physical health? How is your marriage? How, how are you feeling about mothering? Like, it's like all of this stuff that you're making light of by pretending that drinking wine every night or a bottle 
bottle of wine on a Friday night is not a big deal. It's a massive deal. It is, it's affecting every single part of your life. And to pretend that it's not is just a lie. Like it's just a big lie. Well, that kind of reverts back to how we started this conversation, doesn't it, Steph? You know, it's about the way that we as mothers portray drinking in our lives and the fact that we might say, isn't this fun? Yay, we need wine. Actually, now that we're out of that cycle, we look at it and we feel really worried and concerned about parents. And it's men as well. It's it's fathers as well. It's not just mothers who are dealing with this because, you know, oh, I, right. I, there, are, there are so many dads now who are in the, you know, and grandparents and aunts and uncles who are at the school pickup. And they're involved in all the socializing. So it's not just mums, is it? You know, it's it's anyone who's who's looking after a kid. But I just think showing off about it, there's just it does not sit right with me anymore. But as mm-hmm. you said, you used to do it and you, you used to make the T-shirt. You didn't just wear it. You made it. I made it. I what? sold it. <laughs> <laughs> what were your TikToks like then? You said you used to make so- TikToks. Yeah, I I remember one in particular where it was like a little girl's voice and she was like, happy juice. And I had my daughter record it for me. So, I mean, that's just a whole nother thing, right? Like we even talked about it with Shannon, like our kids are seeing this and what do they, they're going to think that that's what they need to do. And the last thing I want is for her to ever feel like how I was feeling when I was a drinker, but yeah, she's recording. And it was like, this is my happy juice. And it was like a cute little voice and I'm holding my bottle of wine and like, don't take it away type thing. And I even did one about my liver, like wanting water. And I was telling it, no, I mean, it's just, I took them down off my TikTok, but they are in my phone. And I sometimes come across them and they're not funny anymore. They used to be funny. I used to be like really proud of that. Like I thought I was a freaking comedian, but now (laughs) I see them and I see this woman who was like crying for help. I mean, I didn't know I was, but now I see it that way. Right. Because it got to that level. I mean, we were on vacation when we made some of these TikToks and that trip in particular, I remember I got so drunk the night before the trip and it was a road trip. So we we were driving the next day. I was still drunk when we got up in the morning to go on this trip. And it was my my brother and my nephew came with us as well. So I'm in the back seat with the kids. And the first hour I was fine. And then I sobered up and I was really ill. Like I was very sick. The road we were traveling on didn't have a lot of rest stops. And so I was having panic attacks because I thought I was going to be sick in the car and we had to stop a lot and spend a lot of time at a gas station so that I could be in the bathroom getting sick. And it took us twice as long to get there. And it's those, those are the times that I reflect on that I'm like, I will never do that again. Like I now know I will never feel like that again. And I will never do that to my family again. But the, as soon there's as a lot we... of regrets. I mean, I think yeah. we've both got a lot of regrets looking back. And and it's not just regrets about things that I did or said. It's about the things I didn't do all the times when I could have been. I mean, I now clearly I'm fine at 6.37 in the morning. I love being awake in the morning. I'm full yeah. of energy. I've got loads of ideas. I could be getting up with the kids on Saturdays and Sundays and before they went to school throughout the week and going out and 
looking for snails or making prints of leaves or all these different things. And instead I would stay in bed as long as I possibly could. Those are hours and hours of time when I could have been doing stuff with my toddlers and I wasn't because I was recovering from alcohol. And that makes me really sad because you can't relive those. You can't get those times back. And, you know, I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm not going to sit here thinking I'm a bad parent and da, 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 because I've moved on from that. Right. I am who right. I am now. And I, I care about the future. I care about what I'm doing today and my decisions going forward. And I've got those covered. I'm happy with that. But I do look back and think it, it is such a shame. And, and it's not just that it's the evenings. You know, I've, I've openly admitted that yeah. I've gone downstairs before to have wine instead of reading another chapter right. or reading a bedtime story. That's not an easy thing to admit, but it is the truth. And I think it's something that other parents would say, I've done that before as well. We are going downstairs the way I see it now to, to sit and take liquid drugs we are having friends over and we are all sipping on liquid drugs while our kids play, getting more and more out of it until we have to take a taxi home. Mm-hmm. There is nowhere in my mind where that is acceptable. And I just don't get it how I ever thought it was. Yeah. I feel like it's really affected my parenting now. Like you were saying, I know I can't undo what's already been done, but I feel especially lately, I was actually just home talking to some friends about this. I feel now like I have very limited time left with my daughter. She's 15. And there's just, it's like, Blake even said something the other day, and I know he's noticed it. I can't get enough time with her. I feel like I'm almost getting emotional, like talking about it. Like I just can't get enough time with her. And now I'm homeschooling her. So it's really nice because she's home. But there was a time when I couldn't wait for her to be at school or I wished we had family around so I could send her to be with her grandparents for the weekend because she was around all our drinking. We had everyone at our house because we didn't really have, you know, family or anything here in town. So instead of getting a babysitter, we just have everybody over. And so she grew up really quickly. Like I've noticed this about her because she's always been around adults. She's an only child. She was always around drunk adults. Is it a good or a bad thing? And that's kind of what I toy with in my mind. Like everyone's always like, oh my gosh, she's so mature. And I'm like, yeah, she kind of had to be, you know, she had parents that would get pretty drunk and, you know, she kind of had to learn to be grown up. So I'm sure she'll have her own therapy issues someday. Uh But it's like the photos when you look back at pictures. You've got a glass of wine in your hand because all the pictures that I see all over social media and and mine from the past, every evening, everyone's in these lovely family photos, but they're clutching alcohol. Mm -hmm. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, are we going to look back in 50 years and it's like pictures of everyone got has cigarettes in their hands. I think well, it, it's such a shame that they're all clutching on to this, you know, addictive mind altering substance in these photos of them with their kids. Yeah. And, you know, oh, I wish I didn't have a glass of wine in my hand during that picture or my eyes. You can tell I've had a few or look at the table in the background. There's at least five right. bottles of wine, all this different stuff. We capture these images but that's what the kids are seeing all the time, you know, and the fact that my kids thought wine was my favorite drink and brought it to me yeah. on Mother's Day for my breakfast, all these different things. And you think, well, of course, that's what they see. 
And they see us drink something that they know makes us change. And I don't think I remember my kids ever saying to me, why do you drink wine? Because they just trust you and they assume that is what grown-ups do. Yeah. When I quit drinking, that was the first thing my daughter said to me within the first month. She was scared that I was not going to be fun anymore. And that was heartbreaking to me because that was a big slap in the face that all I have instilled in her is that you need to drink to socialize and have fun. And that scared the shit out of me when she said that. My kids were the opposite. They said, we we like you so much more now that you're not. Well, now, now, 20 months later, she'll tell you, I don't ever want you to drink again. She never knew me any other way. She really thought that that's what made me fun. She didn't realize that that was actually what made me more tired. And, you know, like now she sees the contrast, but that's the problem. Well, now you're with- fun in the morning and the afternoon yeah. and, and you're <laughs> in that's- a fun where she doesn't think she's going to tip over to that right. point where I want her to be quiet and but go to bed the- and I worry. Yeah, but that's like why I like mommy wine culture is such an issue because it's, it's it's showing this to our kids that if they don't ever know any different, they're going to just assume that's what they need to do when they become a parent. And so yeah. and what will we be able to say about it? Because right. they'll say you did it. Right. You're the one I learned from. Yeah. I mean, it's a really tricky one. And I think I think the more serious and sinister side of this is the danger because we are not all together when we've had drinks and we are these children are in our care and something can happen to them. You know, we can trip down the stairs while we're holding a baby. We can fall asleep and a baby can roll off the sofa. We, you know, a kid can hurt themselves. And because we can't get in the car, we can't get them to A&E. We have to wait for an ambulance. All these different things are deadly serious. They are not a joke. Yet, I didn't think it was a problem. I thought, oh, they'll be away. They'll be fine. And and nothing bad. I mean, I'm lucky nothing like that ever happened to me. I think there was once when I had to call an ambulance because I said I've had two glasses of wine and I've had four. But I said I can't drive. But it wasn't a kind of immediate emergency. It was just like a very high temperature or something that I Mm -hmm. had to call. Even that, even with that hanging over me, I still couldn't imagine a life without alcohol because it's that instant release and you it is stressful being a parent. You know, when I say it didn't change my life that much, I meant I didn't lose my identity, but it is tiring and it, it is stressful and it's nonstop. You're constantly looking out for another human being and a little one who can't do their own thing and that is tiring. But why didn't we just think, Let's look after ourselves and book a massage and go to bed early and buy some pillow spray. Why did we think we no one told us to do that? Poison and make our lives tomorrow so much bloody worse. And it's not fun for them to be around the people who they look up to and seeing them act funny and slurring and being really loud, you know. I mean, my parents missed my sister's first steps because they were hungover. You know, they didn't see it. My older sister ran in and said, she's just taken her first steps. And they were like, that's nice, honey. You think about things like that, you miss really important parts of your life. And they still talk about that and say, I cannot believe we did that. It's such a shame. So how is it going to change, Steph? How is society going to stop romanticizing it and saying it's sexy and, you know, all this stuff? I think the shift happens within a generation because like even with the smoking, like there's a whole generation of people that still are smoking, even Mm -hmm. though it's taboo. But like our generation gave it up. I mean, we've talked to a couple people in their 20s that don't drink and it's just like, what? You don't drink in your 20s? Like that was not something I was thinking about. 
So I think it is going to be a generational thing, which is great. And I think just, you know, obviously podcasts like ours that let people know, it's like, as you start hearing other women talk about it being a problem, you're like, oh my gosh, me too. Like it helps you realize, you know, it's time to step away and that there are people out there that have and are thriving and it's a community. But it's acceptance as well. And it's accepting Mm -hmm. because you can be isolated if you're a parent of a young kid and everyone at the school goes out, everyone you like and you get on with, they all go to the pub, you are going to feel that pressure to go with them and to have a drink. And people do sort of say, oh, no, have some of this. Don't drink alcohol free. Don't do that. What are you doing? There is huge pressure to join in. And, and it's difficult because you are potentially alienating yourself. And and it's easy to say it's not good for you. I don't want to do it. But when it comes down to it, being lonely and not being allowed to hang around with the people you want to be, that's also really upsetting and really hard, you know. So I think people need to start just accepting that not everyone has to do it. There needs to yeah. be more to do. And we used to do loads of stuff as kids and alcohol was never involved with the parents. It's reaching tipping point though, isn't it? It's reaching yeah. a point where it is so everywhere and there are so many millions of people being affected. I mean, you know, 20% admit to being too hungover to look after their kids. That's massive. That's too much. It is. I'm hopeful, though. I'm hopeful for this next up and coming generation. I hope they change that narrative. And I hope, you know, they see what we did and they're like, why would you do that? You know, they question it just like we would about cigarettes. Hopefully, as you say, the more we talk about it and the more they see people like Shannon stopping and she's still cool and she's still fun and she's still the kind of person you go, I want to hang around with her. She doesn't drink. The more of that we see the more likely it is we're going to see this shit. Well, it's been lovely talking to you as always, Steph, and I will speak to you soon. Cheers. Bye, Kate. Thank you for listening. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, we're just two women from opposite sides of the pond wanting to bring awareness around the negative effects of alcohol. We are not licensed therapists or doctors. If alcohol is causing any mental or physical health issues, please seek professional help. Please be sure to give us a follow so you don't miss future episodes. If you think our podcast could help someone you know, please be sure to share it. Also, leaving a five-star review will help The Sober Effect reach more people like you. The music for this show was produced and recorded by Pearl and Thumbelina Jim of the wonderful Charm Jar Music. More information can be found in our show notes.